You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your coach, Jason. This is your coach, Danny. Fans, we got a full story for you today. But first, happy homecoming to Florida A&M University. <laughs> Rattlers, welcome back to the hill. <laughs> first, Danny, we'll talk about a little NFL. Uh, we'll go into some other topics here about maybe Formula One, a little NBA, since the season has started. But first, Danny, right on to the NFL where the Green Bay Packers, oh boy, Green Bay Packers are in trouble. It ain't going to be no R-E-L-A-X either. They are in trouble from what I see. This was an atrocious game by the Packers, man. They lost to the Washington Commanders in Washington, 23-21. to Mm-hmm. And where Aaron Rodgers went 23 for 35 for 194 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Um, and those, ironically enough, those two touchdowns went to uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, didn't go to a receiver. The Packers running game is terrible, man. Danny, Packers only ran for 38 yards. 23 yards by Aaron Jones on eight carries. 15 yards on four carries by A.J. Dillon. The thing, though, is Aaron Jones had nine catches out of the backfield. Again, like I mentioned before, for two touchdowns. Danny, that's the problem. There's no trust in the wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard did have six catches for 55 yards, but after that, man, you only had Sammy Watkins going for two catches, <laughs> 36 yards, man. Robert Tunney, the tight end, three catches. This was just such a bad offensive game. Defensively, Green Bay did score off a of pick six. There's just some things not clicking. The offensive line, there's some struggles there. That's possibly why there isn't a lot of rushing happening. When you don't rush, you can't do play action. But when you don't have confidence in throwing the ball to your receivers, that's a whole nother thing in itself. After the game, there were rumors that Packers are actually looking for a wide receiver. Go figure. We could have told you that when you all decided to let Devontae go. Mm-hmm. Devontae could have easily stayed. You could, could have easily just go ahead and pony up the money. Uh, but what this proves to me, Danny, is Devontae really covered a lot. He covered a lot of the woes that the Packers actually has. And not only that, you let uh, Valdez Scantley go as well, who's with the Chiefs. So not only do you have a deep threat that's gone, but you have a basically a Hall of Fame receiver that's gone. I don't know how you make that up. The Packers will face off against the Buffalo Bills <laughs> in Buffalo. I know Aaron Rodgers said, well, this may be good for them, that this would be a good test for them. 
I don't know if you want that test right about now because the way your offense looking, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, no way y'all can contend with, with these Buffalo Bills. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jason. Another thing of note to add to what you mentioned was the special teams. So it was a critical drop punt where the commanders re, uh, recovered it and went on the score where if the Packers had that ball, it could have been a different ball game. So that was a critical mistake on the special teams. And I think looking at that as well with the rushing attack, when they were winning those games earlier in the season, A.J. Dillon was getting a ton of touches. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Jones, you know, they had to rectify some things after that first game because A.J. Dillon outtouched Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Now they went the other way, and so is their season. So I think that's part of it as well is <clears throat> there's no balance. Mm-mm, not at all. And I think some of that he could be dumping, giving A.J. Dillon to take because the focus is going to be on Aaron Jones. And, you know, Aaron Jones is prone to injury. So if he's getting the ball a lot, I would rather take some of that off of him and put it on A.J. Dillon and get him more involved in the offense, especially with the receivers playing the way they are right now. Green Bay has – Prime time Sunday night against Buffalo. And Buffalo's coming off a bye. So this is one of those games where they can sneak them because Buffalo could come out rusty and they can jump on them early and kind of stun them a little bit. But it's it's one of those things where the Packers get these <laughs> – it's like a tail of two halves in every game because they're up 14-3 mm-hmm. to three in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they let Taylor Heineke and – the commanders just go off and Terry McLaurin. If people hadn't seen him before this game, there's a reason they call him scary Terry. He made some crazy catches in that game that ultimately um, got the commanders that victory. So we'll see what happens this week, man. But that was a tough loss for the green Bay Packers. Yeah, it was man. And just to add Danny Romeo Dobbs uh, have four targets, no catches. No, he had a drop in the critical uh third down mm-hmm. uh towards the end of the game there. And man, he was right at the stakes, could have went ahead and actually um gave him a first down and, and you know continued to drive, possibly on a victory, but this didn't work out, Danny. So yeah, Packers are, are in trouble, man. Now on to your Atlanta Falcons, Danny. Uh your Falcons went ahead and uh took this L as well. <laughs> So I'm not going to let that slide by. <laughs> 35-17, Cincinnati Bengals goes ahead and demolishes the Atlanta Falcons, man. Um, but I'll say this, uh, Marcus Mariota, 8 for 13, 124 yards, one touchdown. Uh, at least you all had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, so uh, that – Speaks volumes, in my opinion. But Joe Burrow just goes off, man. 34 for 42, 481 yards on y'all, man. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, it seems like the Bengals just wanted this game, man. And they needed this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they went ahead and took the game. Uh, what say you about your Atlanta Falcons, Danny? Jason, <laughs> when I saw that cornerback fall, on that first touchdown from Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd, I knew we were in trouble. 
I was like, man, this doesn't look good. And Cincinnati jumped on us 21-0. We ended up making it 28-17 by half. But then we didn't score in the second half. Atlanta was true to their game plan. They they ran the ball like they always do. So they haven't been throwing. Obviously, Mariota only, Mariota only had 13 attempts. So that's consistent. And it was just the defense just got annihilated. Jamar Chase, hundred over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, 155 yards receiving. And they were trying to get Joe Burrow that 500-yard mark. Cause they were going for it at the end of the game. I'm like, oh man, this is wild here. And they almost he almost got it. There were a couple drops at the end Cincinnati had, but it was one of those games where Atlanta was just outmatched, man, on the defensive end. They have a lot of injuries, and it showed big time. AJ Terrell got hurt in this game, and that's their number one cornerback. We'll see what happens next week. We play Carolina, who. Out of the blue, surprise the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm assuming we can get this game, but that's why they play the game every Sunday. We got to get Pitts in London. Didn't do too much in this game either. So it's one of those things where I know they're running the ball pretty well, but they still got to keep London and Pitts involved in the offense and at least make them a threat. And Danny, on to some more NFL news where Matt Ryan, man, the Indianapolis Colts gets benched. What say you? Jason, we've talked about Indy and them having a short leash on things. They cut their kicker when he missed those field goals in the first game of the season. They did what they did to Carson Wentz after last year's debacle in Jacksonville, which cost them the playoffs. And yesterday it was announced that Matt Ryan – would be benched even though he has a shoulder injury, but even when he recovers, he's going to be benched for the season for Sam Ellinger, uh, which surprised me. But at the same time, Matt Ryan, I think the nail in the coffin was against the Titans this past Sunday where he had back-to-back interceptions. One was the pick six. He's just turned the ball over too much. And, Part of it is their offensive line hasn't been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had the running game has been kind of all over the board, but Frank Wright, I don't know how he's sliding in all of this. You're right about that. If anybody I thought was next on the chopping block was him. So him for the, them, him or the GM. Yeah. So that being said, it's not cool to see Matt Ryan get benched, but at the same time, He's costing them games, and they need him. They brought him in with Super Bowl aspirations. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball, he's fumbling, and he's doing all the stuff he was doing at Atlanta, honestly, in the last few years. he's Well, he's done that over his career, where he throws key interceptions and things like that where it costs him the game. And this team can't do that. They don't have the talent level to absorb those mistakes. Jonathan Taylor's been hurt. He just came mm-hmm. back this week. So all in all, I'm surprised they're – they're, they said it was for the season. I thought they would just say, all right, you go get healthy. We'll do this with the, uh, with Sam. But they just all upset. You're benched unless otherwise, uh, unless an injury happens. So it's sad to see it, but at the same time, it's one of those things where his performance matters. And Indianapolis is on the brink of 
not making the playoffs based on where their currently um, current standings are. They still have a shot because their division is horrible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you can't. They got swept by Tennessee, and Matt Ryan was mostly the blame for that from an offensive standpoint. Uh, Danny, now on to the NBA, where the NBA has finally started. Thank you, Lord, man. <laughs> the NBA, it has been great having the NBA back. Uh, a few surprises, though, Danny. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, our Milwaukee Bucks, 2-0 uh, right now uh, with wins against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers to open up and then had a, a win against the Houston Rockets. Uh, at home as the home opener. Um, but this is a surprise that Philadelphia 76ers right now, they're one and three. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Danny, but they just don't look good. Uh, I think Harden, he looks physically fit or a little bit fitter than we has been in the past showing up uh, at the very beginning of the season. But let me just say, I, I think he's starting to go back to pounding the ball. And just the flow of the offense is just not good. I don't know how that's going to bode well with it, you know, for them, uh, especially with Embiid. But let me just say, I think uh, Doc Rivers is in trouble, man. He is on a high seat. And for them to start off one and three, we'll see what happens within the first 15 games, Danny. Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see it in where, if the Philadelphia 76ers does not have a, a, a solid record in that time frame, oh boy, look out. I can yep. see Doc Rivers being gone. Um, I will also say this, man. In looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, I think we're on to something here. Um, I like the adjustment Bud has made. For too many years, uh, we have seen three-pointers by opposing teams mm-hmm. just really skyrocket. Every time they play us, their percentage goes up. That's because we always you know, pack the lanes, right? We yeah. always play that drop coverage and everything. And I think the small tweak that Coach Bud has made was to really extend the defense out a little bit to really contest uh, the three-point jumpers and everything. So um, that has been, I think, a difference maker and will be a difference maker moving forward. I mean, the league has gone to the three-pointers, and they're going to just continue to shoot more, and they're going to continue to make more. So I think this is a good small adjustment by Coach Bud. Yeah, man, NBA is back, Danny. I will say uh, the Lake show, those Lakers in trouble, man. Those Lakers are in trouble, Danny. You talking about some bricks. They can't shoot a lick. Oh, my gosh, man. I think the game against the uh, Portland Trailblazers when when Westbrook at the end, towards the end, man, goes down. I think they were they were actually up. So I'm like, man, why are you shooting if you're up? Yeah, it was a two for one. He tried to do. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, Westbrook, what you doing? And then the announcer was like, No, Westbrook. <laughs> and he shot up that brick. <laughs> All you can do is laugh, Jason. Otherwise, you cry. Hey, man. I'm just trying. I'm trying to understand, and hopefully, you know, somebody will help inform me and educate me. But you're a professional athlete. You're a professional basketball player. Pass, dribble, shoot. Mm-hmm. And over the summer, you know that shooting is going to be 
of high demand for your team. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing necessarily an adjustment in Westbrook's shot, his form or anything like that. It seems like it's the exact same from from year one mm-hmm. to now. Where he, he raises up and then kind of shoots. It's not like he's shooting going up. It's not fluid. It's not fluid at all. It's like a little hitch there. Yep. Danny, I, I think the Lakers are going to have to do something before trade deadline. Man, I'm thinking they're going to have to make a trade sooner than that, man. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's a surprise to me. And, and the other surprise to me, Danny, two surprises, San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. and the Utah Jazz. Here, I'm thinking that they're going to try to uh, tank a little bit. And these cats busting out at 3-1 and one right now. And they're fun to watch, Jason. I don't know if you watched any of their yeah. games. They are fun to watch. Yeah, and and so this is going to be interesting, man. Pelicans, um, I knew they were – I had a feeling they were going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to them progressing the season, hopefully – uh, this looks like uh, Zion Williamson is out for the game here after his fall. Mm-hmm. I just hope that this doesn't become a um, a normal yep. occurrence here. But, yeah, Danny, those are my surprises. What say you about the NBA? Jason, Utah was one of my surprises. So I have the NBA League pass trial. Just checking it out, catch this uh, first seven games, and I watched a couple of the Utah games, and I know there's rumors around them still making trades and making moves, but their lineup with Clarkson, when they have Clarkson, Conley, Markigan, Laurie Markin, uh, they got Olenek, they got Beasley, they got Vanderbilt. So they have a, they don't have like a star per se, but they got a lot of dudes that can play and they play well together and they're up and down. Uh, there was a game I watched with them and the T wolves when they went to overtime with Timberwolves the other night and they ended up beating them. And I, and it was interesting because that was the Rudy Gobert trade to see Gobert against Utah. So they're definitely a surprise. Minnesota, they're starting off slow. Their defense is not there right now. They're not playing any defense. So they need to make it just especially getting go bare. So they have someone sitting in the middle. They need to make some adjustments there. Uh from just from the Eastern Conference, the Cavaliers seeing Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And they look tough. They have some depth. And they have <clears throat> they have the pieces to at least make a deep run if they stay consistent. And that, that addition of Donovan Mitchell is definitely key. The Bucks, the Bucks start off. After that uh, first row game, they had Brooklyn tomorrow night, and they have a six-game homestand, which is mm-hmm. unusual in the NBA. So they got to take advantage of those games, being at home, getting that home rest. And like I said, Brooklyn's tomorrow night. That would be a good game. Brooklyn's starting off slow. The Heat mm-hmm. starting off slow. Mm-hmm. They had a good game last night with Toronto, but they're still not in sync yet. So this is just those early working through some things, getting that rust off. You know, because preseason is not as it used to be. But all in all, man, Portland's 4-0. And yeah. I don't know if you saw the clip where uh, they were playing Phoenix and Damian Lillard went up to Aiton before he shot those free throws and said, have you ever made free throws 
in this circumstance before. And eight missed. <laughs> it was to tie the game. <laughs> but it was, it was something funny. But all in all, man, it was good. See the ring ceremony by the Warriors. Uh, they're starting off pretty well here. It's So good start to the season. And I'm just enjoying this NBA League pass. And I have some decisions to make in a couple of days. So. <laughs> and now, Danny, on to a little Formula One news. Let me just say that uh, I did have the opportunity to watch the race mm -hmm. uh, that was in Austin, Texas this past Sunday. Uh, and where Sir Lewis Hamilton, he actually came in second. Mm -hmm. uh, Max Verstappen came in first. This particular race in Austin, Texas, it was not as uh, fun, if you will, uh, as the race in Miami. It was just something about just the liveliness, just the uh, pomp and circumstance. The tone. The, yeah, man. It was just something about Miami that it just made it a thing to go to. Mm -hmm. Wasn't like that necessarily in Austin, Texas. Uh did see Shaq, uh, Brad Pitt, who I believe is actually making a, a Formula One movie uh, next year uh, mm -hmm. on the heels of the success of um, the Netflix uh, documentary on Formula One. Uh, but... Other than that, man, it, it just didn't have that flair mm -hmm. as it, as Miami. And I would uh, also say when it goes to Vegas, when Formula 1-1 goes to Vegas next year, mm -hmm. I don't think Austin, Texas would be would have that flair either. So I think it's going to be interesting to see in the future what they do with the Austin, Texas race now granted they broke some records now they had over the weekend about four hundred thousand plus fans mm -hmm. attend monetarily they actually did very well mm -hmm. but just if i had my choice of going to miami vegas or austin this point how the race is and how it was structured and everything i'm going I ain't going to Austin. That's not going to be my first pick. Yep. Out of those three, that Austin would be my third pick. Mm -hmm. So, interesting race. Uh, Max Verstappen obviously has won the points uh, or has enough points to become world champion as a last race. Uh, Red Bull has won the Constructors Championship. I'm still interested in knowing what the uh, – FIA is going to do about the budget cap yep. violations last year. I understand that there's been a suspension in the budget cap talks between Red Bull and uh, FIA. I'm just real curious as what's going to happen here, man, and what consequences um, they're going to put on Red Bull. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.